When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. The Oilers have traveled from Montreal to Toronto. Obviously an odd week for them. They did practice every day. Had some spirited scrimmages and stuff like that yesterday. And uh, didn't quite work on that type of stuff uh, today, but they're they're getting through it. Kind of funny, coaches always want more practice time. I don't know if they wanted this much. Uh, Maple Leafs and Senators are tied 1-1 early in the third period. Mikheyev and Brown are the goal scorers. So, well, we'll, we'll give you the ifs. We'll give you the ifs. If uh, Toronto wins, they go to 44 points. And Edmonton and Winnipeg each have 42. If the Leafs lose in regulation time, they would remain tied with the Oilers and Jets and only have one game in hand on the Oilers. So that would be, a well, it's a big one Saturday anyway. But, I mean, there's obviously been some separation here. Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton looking almost assured of being in the playoffs. Montreal's in a strong position. Even though they're only two points ahead of the Canucks, they have six games in hand. They're four points ahead of Calgary with three games in hand. So we've kind of had the top four separate here a little bit over the last three or four weeks. Saturday's game starts at 5. The face-off show on 6.30, Chad, will start at 3.30. Going to be good to bring you a game here. It feels like a long time, even though it's only been a few days. Feels like a long time since I've talked to this gentleman. So I'm glad to welcome Manny Viveros back to the show, who's now the head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights in the AHL. Hey, Manny, how's it going? I'm doing fine. Thanks, Reed. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. I appreciate you you hopping on tonight. Uh, obviously, we all oh, heck. We were when did we first talk to you? Uh, was it um, PA? Oh yeah, my God, that's probably <laughs> we're looking over 30 years ago. You got a good a great memory. <laughs> okay, yeah, but for you, but no, but for you and I talking. Um, no, sorry, it wasn't PA. You were coaching. Um, because uh, you had it was Swift, right? That's correct. That's Swift. correct. Yeah. I, I, I got my Saskatchewan, small Saskatchewan city. So we talked to you then because you had a great team, and then you then you came here, and then it was Spokane, and then it was now it's Henderson. Was that the progression? It certainly is. It's been uh, it's been whirlwind over the last few years here, but uh, it's been been really good. Um, you know, I had a great opportunity, had a great time in, in Swift Current. Obviously, we had. Uh, we're lucky enough to have success there. Um, had a great year, uh, you know, personally as far as uh, being back home and, uh, you know, working with the Oilers, which is, you know, obviously our St. Albans are home. We wanted to have a chance uh, to be able to, you know, ever had a chance to work with the Oilers. And for us, that was a dream come true. Uh, unfortunately, it never worked out that well. But, uh, you know, I had a great opportunity to go up to Spokane. Um, great organization, and then uh, an opportunity. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon called me and uh, offered me the job here in Henderson, and uh, uh, been absolutely wonderful so far. We've been here. I should point out 
I was complimenting your career path. I wasn't trying to make it sound like you can't hold down a job. Just to, just to, just to be clear. <laughs> so anyway, no, but it's just it's just cool. We've we've been able to be be in touch through these years, and uh, you've been really successful. Okay, I gotta th- I gotta throw one at you, Manny. Uh, I don't often do this, uh, but sometimes a listener sends me something that is too good to ignore. And this guy actually put his first and last name on, so maybe you know him, maybe you remember him. Danny McIntyre. He says, when you have Manny on the show, you have to ask him about his soccer career. He was fantastic in soccer, just like he was in hockey. Trust me, I played against him. That is from Danny McIntyre. What about your soccer prowess? Oh, you know, Reed, uh, nice compliment. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, growing up, my father is Portuguese, so when he came over to Canada, uh, you know, it was hockey. Obviously, being a Canadian, a uh, young Canadian, you played hockey. But in the, in the summertime, my father, you know, he loved the game. And uh, so he coached me uh, growing up and uh, had made some great friends over the years in soccer and, and absolutely loved the sport, still do. And, uh you know, a real nice compliment. I don't know if that was that good, but I just love to compete and had a really good time. That's a really good plan. Okay. Well, uh, well, there you go, Danny. You got your text on the show. Uh, the Silver Knights are doing well. I, I want to ask you about a couple of specific players, though, because I was I was checking uh, Peyton Krebs, who went 17th overall in 2019, uh, out of the Kootenai Ice, really good junior prospect. So, what, so you guys had him, but now he's back in junior. What's the story there? Yeah, no, Peyton uh, came to us, uh, obviously, after uh, the World Juniors, and uh, the poor young man, he's been uh, in quarantine pretty well for almost six months now with uh, being at the World Junior Tournament and then coming to Las Vegas. He had to quarantine for almost uh, uh, 10 days or two weeks. And then going back again, he had to quarantine again, though, but, uh, you know, he was really good for us. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we had to let him go back, but that's the agreement that the NHL and the CHL has. And he was... Uh, Really, really good for us, and he's uh, a really good pro. All right. So I, I was looking at your roster, and a couple names, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when they drafted him. Oh, yeah, I remember when I drafted him. Some guys I'm not as familiar with, but it has all the birth dates, uh, and you got guys born from uh, the early 90s to the early 2000s. How, how uh, is, is it different for you? I wonder how you approach it, just coaching guys at different stages in their careers and you might have some guys who are career ahl guys and there's nothing wrong with that but that's who they are but other guys are hoping sooner rather than later they want to be in the nhl so how is it having that mix really good question Reed. you know what uh fortunate enough i had you know the opportunity to spend three years in the western league coaching uh you know young players anywhere from 16 to 20 and and 20 year olds or 19 year olds just on the cusp of uh, turning pro and then when I had the opportunity with, with working with Edmonton, having players uh, like a young Kyler Yamamoto, uh, you know, at 20 at that time, just finishing junior. So there was a really good mix of, of age groups where I had an opportunity to, to interact with these guys. And then, you know, these players here down in American Hockey, same thing. But your 20-year-old, we like to compare them as, as a 16-year-old in the Western Hockey League. First time pro um, you know, never been away, you know, living on their own. So there's a lot of similarities as far as how you approach it. Guys. Obviously, there's four years difference, but a lot of uh, similarities. And we find, um, not just ourselves, but uh, talking to a lot of other coaches in American Hockey League, um, that first year of pro for these players is a big adjustment. Um, obviously, you're playing against men, but just uh, time management as far as uh, living on your own, 
you know, you know, paying bills, taking care of different things, and it, it, it is a big adjustment. And the ones that that pick it up real quick and adjust real, real fast usually, uh, you know, end up uh, developing a lot quicker. Yeah, well, and you guys are off to an incredible start. I mean, Henderson's thirteen and three. The second place team is Edmonton's farm team, the Bakersfield Condors. They're eleven six and one after starting zero and five. So, I mean, two red hop teams at at the top of the division. But what's really been clicking for you guys? I mean, thirteen and three is a great mark. Yeah, you know what, Reed? It's been a combination of a lot of things. You know, we certainly have uh, you know uh, a lot of good players on the hockey team. We're like everybody else. You know. Um, you know, a, a lot of times we're at the will of the, the, the National Hockey League team. If there's the need to be called up to the taxi squad or if there's injuries on, on the, uh, the, you know, the big team that, you know, they're going to take uh, our players that are playing well. So you just have to adjust. That's one of the things that I really have to learn really quick here in the American Hockey League that you have to expect the unexpected at times, especially going through the pandemic right now. So it's something that, uh, you know, we've got off to a pretty decent start and, um, you know, our division out here in the West is really good. Um, you know, talking about Bakersfield, we've played them four times now, and, uh, you know, we've been fortunate enough to beat them, uh, uh, you know, a couple times here. But knowing that group and what we've seen from them, they're excellent hockey team, obviously very well coached, and, uh, you know, they're going to be a formidable performance going in the future. Um Tell, I mean, you mentioned like how Peyton Krebs had to quarantine. What's it been like for you guys with the, the traveling and, and the games and the testing and just making sure everybody's safe and as many games as possible are going to be played here? We're pretty well in the same protocol as National Hockey League. We're tested uh, not as regular as NHL, but we are tested uh, anywhere between three to five times a week, depending on our schedule. Um, we've been knock on wood. Um, our group are uh, in Henderson. We've been good. We haven't had one positive test since we started. Um, you know, credit to the organization uh, as far as the amount of testing that we do. Plus, also more importantly, the credit to the staff and, and, and the players. Um, you know, basically, we go to the rink, we come home. Uh, if we're on the road, we travel. Uh, we're in our hotels, and that's all we do. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a real credit, not just for our club, but also. In our league, also too. So the numbers have been, been really low, which is a good thing. Um, you know, the kids they, they want to play, and we want to get this uh, our certain season finished in a positive way. Yeah, Manny Viveros joining us tonight on Inside Sports, the head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights. That's the AHL team for the Vegas Golden Knights, and, and that that whole story with that franchise has been really incredible. I mean, what the Golden Knights have done in the NHL level. You guys are off to a good start. Tell me about uh sort of the vibe around the team i mean i know you're in close vicinity to the golden knights are you getting as much coverage and fan interest and i know it's really different under covid but how is uh, how is that side of it it's you know it's been outstanding uh since the time that my wife and i've been here um in late october here um just uh, in henderson itself but not just henderson all of las vegas and me uh, coverage that we've got has been, has been really remarkable for being, uh, you know, a minor league hockey team in, in, in a city where they have their, uh, their, their parent club. Um, it, it's a hockey city. You know, the Raiders are here. Obviously, everybody knows how big the NFL is, but, but it's a hockey city. It's a Golden Knights city to begin with, and anything to do with the Golden Knights, the fans have been uh, really, really interested as far as, uh, you know, buying merchandise and as far as the media part of it, too. So it's been really, uh, really impressive. 
Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. And I'm glad to have the chance to catch up with you because uh, I know you're proud of your Edmonton roots and, uh, you know, you're a great uh, success story for this city. And I'm glad the uh, the Silver Knights are doing well. So thanks a lot for checking in. Of course, we're going to keep in touch. We wish you all the best, man. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. That is Manny Viveros on the line from the Henderson Silver Knights. Yeah, I mean, what do you say? You had the Vegas Golden Knights uh, into the Stanley Cup final, Western Conference final last year. Two of their first three years in the league, they at least make the final four. Now their farm team is 13-3 uh, and three out of the gates down there. Good for Manny that uh, he's uh, had a good landing with that organization. Okay, we got to call a quick timeout. Happy to hear from you this evening, of course. 780-496-0063 is the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials. That is also the number if you want to fire me a text messages inside, inside, inside sports on chat. World Cup qualifying, Canada 3, Bermuda nil. 55th minute, games being played in Florida. NHL tonight. Now 2-1, Toronto leading Ottawa. Nine minutes left in the third, Spezza has the go-ahead goal there. About six minutes left in the third, in Pittsburgh, Penguins up 3-1 on the Sabres. 1-0, Wild over the Blues in the second period. Also in the second, Chicago 2, Panthers nothing. And 4-1, Predators leading the Red Wings. After one, no score, Lightning and the Stars. The Golden Knights, with a goal from Max Pacioretty, 40 seconds into the game, have an early 1-0 lead over the Colorado Avalanche. In the third, it's 2-2, Islanders and Bruins. Rangers up 7-3 on Philadelphia. Mika Zibanejad, hat trick in that game. Devils and Capitals, 3-3 in the third. About five minutes left in Columbus. It's 2-2 between the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets. Cam Atkinson with his 12th of the season for the Jackets. Oilers and Leafs coming up on Saturday, 3.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 5 here on 6.30. Chad, now, you know, we, we've been speculating this week about further adjustments to the Oilers' schedule. There, that's, at one point, there was a chance, at least a chance, that they might have had a game tonight, probably against uh, Ottawa, but I don't think the uh, the Leafs wanted to move out of that game. It, it's still possible that the Oilers could play a game Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe against Ottawa, maybe against Montreal. And, you know, that would lead to a Montreal-Ottawa game being rescheduled. But since the Oilers have been out here for so long, at least get them three games on the road instead of just two. We'll see Pierre Lebrun tweeted earlier today hearing that the nhl has completed the rescheduling of games for montreal edmonton and ottawa believe there will be a game or two may 11th which is the latest yet on the schedule don't think the nhl will announce changes until the montreal COVID situation is cleared up and mark bergevin the gm of the montreal canadians optimistic on COVID precautions and his team coming back on monday sometimes uh, the way the virus is spreading and honestly even the, the expert sometimes seems confused it could sit in your body for four days three days before it comes out so what all i can tell you is all the precaution i've been taking by the league the pa and the montreal canadian for the safety of our players yeah there was one player that, that the test came back positive and there was close contact so 
the league didn't want to take any chances. And then we retested again and it came back again. So, but so far, I could tell you that it's so far it hasn't spread. So if we keep in the same pace until Monday afternoon, we should be okay to come back. All right. So that is uh, Mark Bergman. So their next game is Tuesday against Ottawa. Remember for the Canadians, it's actually four games off the schedule, the three against Edmonton and one against the Ottawa Senators on, on Sunday. So again, I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to tinker with next week. I, I know it's been discussed. I, I don't know if it's going to happen for sure, but as Pierre Lebrun pointed out, you could now have a game May 11th, which is would become the new end of the NHL regular season because it was supposed to end May 8th. They, they've already scheduled some games for May 10th and uh, now possibly a game in Canada here on uh, on May 11th. LeBron also added to this. He says, in any case, if indeed the NHL managed to reschedule the North Division games without going past May 11th, it means they can start the playoffs by May 13th, with which isn't much of a, del- a delay. The original playoff date was listed as May 11th. So uh, there you have it. So we could have, I mean, right now the Oilers schedule ends May 8th. We could have a game coming up on uh, on May 11th. It's funny, Le- LeBron also wrote this earlier today. He says, if you're confused why the official NHL standings on its own site says L7 for the Sabres streak, it's not. Be- it's because they're on a 15-game winless streak and not losing streak. As the NHL does its record-keeping, losing streak only counts losses in 60 minutes. So, yes, you could actually play a full season and lose 82 games in overtime, and according to the NHL standards, you would not be on an 82-game losing streak. You would actually be on an 82-game unbeaten streak because you weren't beaten in regulation time. You'd have 82 points. You'd be a 500 team. But it's uh, it's bad for Buffalo, no matter how you look at it. Uh, and they're looking to, like they're going to lose again tonight, down 3 nothing to the Penguins. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In the third. Okay, we got to call a quick timeout. Back after the news and weather. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Chet. Good to have you tuning in tonight. No, we just had that spot there for... Is that tomorrow, Kellen? Are they flashing back tomorrow? Flashing back to 67 tomorrow. 1967. Well, okay, I'm not just trolling the Toronto Maple Leafs, but that's the first thing that comes to mind when I hear 1967. Last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. Was it not 1967? That's correct. Also the year of the big World's Fair in Montreal, where they built the island. Oh, how did you know that? You're a smart lad. Ah, social studies. I paid attention in in that class, at least in high school. But yeah, I always found that that man-made island that they built in the middle of the St. Lawrence in Montreal uh, as one of like just 
fascinating to me what what all they put on it and everything and now it's home to oh let's see they still got the big biodome out there and uh the is road it the, course is that the island the racetrack yeah the road course for the f1 yeah the canadian yeah, Grand Prix i've walked on that oh really yeah cool expo 67 so mm. they so they named the event after the baseball team Ooh. oh maybe it was the other way around. i think it was the other way around it maybe it was the other way around yeah but what happened in what else happened in 1967? I honestly don't know. I am demonstrating my uh, ignorance of uh, years before I was born. Well, I probably have a lot of ignorance about years I lived in too. Uh, night. Well, here, 1967 in the United States. I wonder how many of these they're going to cover tomorrow. Ronald Reagan becomes governor of California. The Doors self-titled debut album. Ooh. Cool. Oh, the first Super Bowl. I should have known that. Now, it was not called the Super Bowl. It was called the AFL-NFL Championship game. I don't think it was till the third Super Bowl they really started uh, calling it the Super Bowl. So that that's pretty significant. Cool. Um, what else happened? Lots of stuff happened. Oh, Elvis and uh, Priscilla got married. That's pretty significant. Kellen's like, who's that? <laughs> You know who Elvis Presley yes, is? Yes, yes. I know Elvis Priscilla and Priscilla, Priscilla Presley. Presley. That's, now, for our people our age, oh, Priscilla Presley, the woman from the naked gun. Yeah, okay, yeah, That's, sure. You know who I was going to say Lisa Marie's mom, but there we go. Yes, well, there there you go. Married from Elvis Presley from, uh, married Elvis Presley from 67 to, to 73. So they'll have a few things to touch on, but uh, definitely from uh, a sports percept, percept, uh perspective I'm, just, I'm struggling talking tonight everybody i'm really sorry um it was the maple leafs winning the stanley cup the last time they won it you know what's crazy too we're now up to 28 years since the canadian team won the stanley cup now maybe it'll end maybe it'll end in july of all times 1993 is the last time a canadian team won the stanley cup i mean that's getting to be a really long time it's kind of sad actually the Grey Cup in 1967 was Hamilton 24, Saskatchewan 1. The Vanier Cup, I wonder if they're going to talk about this. The U of A Golden Bears won the Vanier Cup 10-9 over the McMaster Marauders. So that's pretty significant. I that's wonder if cool. they'll have anybody from that on. See, they should have asked me to help program the show. The Hart Trophy was won by Stan Makita. And yeah, Leafs over Canadians 4-2. And then in this offseason, the NHL added the six teams. They expanded. Which goalie is playing on Saturday for the Oilers? From Frustrated Fan. But no, he, he's trying to joke about I, I don't get your joke, Frustrated Fan. It doesn't make sense to me. He put LOL at the end. I don't get it. Sorry, I'm dumb, frustrated fan. Uh, Rob at Johnny's Lake says, nice beaver. Read my text, I dare you. I read it, Rob, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. People who understand the uh, reference to something we were talking about a few minutes ago will get it, and we'll just leave it at that. He writes, writes in, read my text, I dare you. I always love when people do that. Do we have our guest on the line? Still waiting for him. Well, that's okay. We can talk about the, the naked gun in 1967. Do you have a favorite sports year? 
I mean, I'm sure we have a lot of favorite events. I wonder if people have a favorite sports year. I mean, 1987 in Edmonton, you had the Oilers win the Stanley Cup in seven games over the Philadelphia Flyers. And then you had the double E football team win the Grey Cup in thrilling fashion over the Toronto Argonauts with uh, Jerry Cork making the last second kick and Gizmo pulling off one of the greatest runbacks in CFL history on the missed field goal return. So that would have been a big one for our city. Uh, 19 Now, 1993 would have been an interesting one because you had the Blue Jays winning the World Series. You had the Double E football team uh, winning the uh, winning the Grey Cup, and that was the year the last Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. So there you go. Now, maybe some of you weren't cheering for the Montreal Canadiens, but that that was a memorable one. The uh, the Canadians won. 10 games in overtime. They played 20 games. They won 16 of them. They played 11 overtime games and went 10 and one. That's insane. Yeah, that was, uh, it was remarkable. I used to be able to list off all the overtime winning goals for the Canadians. So the, so the first game against Quebec, let's see if I can do this. I'm not, trust me, I'm not looking this up. I'm just going to try to jot it down. They, they blew, a, I think, a 3-1 lead in the last three minutes of game one against Quebec and lost in overtime. They won, I think, game three at home against Quebec. I think Domfus got the game winner. Game five back in Quebec, uh, I'm pretty sure Kirk Muller got the game winner, beating Ron Hextall five-hole. Then they played Buffalo. Well, I don't remember all the game winners. Gilbert Dion had one of them. Remember him? He had a deflection goal. Uh, but they won three games in overtime in that series against the Islanders in the next round. I believe it was Guy Carboneau and Mike Keane. Do you remember Mike Keane that got the game-winning goals? And then in the Stanley Cup final against Kelly Rudy and the Los Angeles Kings, Eric Desjardins got the game-winning goal in game two. He also got the game-tying goal on the power play when they challenged Marley McSorley's stick for being illegal. They measured it. Desjardins got the tying goal, and then he scored in overtime in the first minute on Kelly Rudy, becoming the first defenseman ever get a hat trick in a Stanley Cup final game. And then John LeClaire got the overtime goals in both games three and four at uh, at the form in Los Angeles. So I can't remember who all scored against Buffalo. I know Gilbert Dion got one because he deflected it in, and he was furiously pointing at himself. He was a little bit of a showboat. Uh, Carbonell might have got one in that series as well, and I just cannot remember the other one. But I, yeah, I, th- I think I think I got I think I got the other eight, or the, I guess the other nine. That was nineteen ninety three. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, mm. J- JP writes in. He says, "Read my text. I dare you. Love the show. Read. Thank you, JP. I didn't do it in JP's accent." We still owe JP an autographed picture of Rob Brown. Yeah, but we did talk about the Habs and the 93 Cup run and that stuff, so that kind of helps, doesn't it? Vic says uh, that was the year when the Oilers and Double E had the cups, so the jokes were, why can they not drink tea in Calgary? Edmonton has all the cups. Well, that's a pretty good one, Vic. I like that one. I remember after uh, the Oilers, you know, when was it? It was when the Flames got, because the Flames won the cup in 1989. And then I believe in 1990, they were eliminated early. Was that the floater goal 
when uh, Crucial Niski was on the ice and batted at the puck and it floated in over the outstretched glove of Mike Vernon. But I remember, yeah. so yeah, we would. I think it would have been 1990. That was first round 1990, was it not? Yes. LA and yeah, Calgary, so yeah. That's, that's what happened. And I remember the Edmonton Journal had, uh, I can't remember who the cartoonist at the time, was it Yardley Smith or something like that? Who used to draw the cartoons in the Edmonton Journal? That I don't know. <laughs> oh, but anyway, so it had... So at this time, the Oilers had not won the cup yet in 1990. So he had a cartoon of a New York Islanders guy in front of a, a Stanley Cup, and he was holding up four fingers, and he said four because the Islanders won four in a row. And then Edmonton won four of the next six, I guess. So he had an Oilers player with Stanley Cups in front of him holding up the number four. And then he had a Calgary Flame swinging a golf club yelling four, F-O-R-E. I, don't, I always remember that cartoon for some reason. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but there are probably, there are a lot of jokes about uh, teams that have not done well when it comes to the hockey department. 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. It's the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional grade building materials pro all the way. All right. Uh, we'll try to connect with our uh, special guest here. If can't, uh, if we can't, we'll just keep going inside sports on Chet. Time Maple Leafs over the Senators 3-2. Penguins shutting out Buffalo 4-0. Hurricanes beat the Blue Jackets 4-3 in overtime. Capitals get by the Devils 4-3. Rangers ring up the Flyers 8-3. Golden Knights lead the Avs 1-0 after 1 in the second period. Predators lead the Wings 5-1, lightning up 2-0 on the Stars. After 2, Chicago leading Florida 2-0, Wild leading the Blues 2-0, and the Islanders have just scored in overtime. Uh, Beauvillier gets the winner, 4-3 Islanders take down the Bruins. The soccer match, CONCACAF, 81st minute, Canada cruising up 5-1 on Bermuda. Okay, I double-checked the Canadians' overtime winners. I did okay, remembering the 10 overtime goals from 1993. I got Domfus and Muller. In the first round, I could only remember Gilbert Dion in the second round against Buffalo. Carboneau and Muller also scored in the uh, Wales Conference Final. I said it was uh, Carboneau and Mike Keane. It was actually Carboneau and Stefan LeBeau who got the game-winning goals. And uh, then, of course, in the Stanley Cup Final, I got those Desjardins, Leclerc, and Leclerc. So I had, what, seven correct, uh, one name in the wrong place couple I couldn't remember. Uh, not bad for hanging out on a Thursday night in my spare bedroom. Got an interesting message here from a young man who works over at Global Television. I'm actually on TV every Wednesday morning with this guy, Mike Sobel. Says, born and raised in Toronto, I actually remember the night the Leafs won. And then he says, I'm probably your oldest listener tonight. I doubt that, Mike. <laughs> I doubt that. Oh, and as he points out, of course, how could I not think of this for uh, for 1967 that they're going to have tomorrow for Flashback Friday with mm. Chelsea and Shea, Canada's 100th birthday. Oh yes, yeah, that would have been that would have been a big hoot and nanny. That's right. Tons of uh, arenas being built around the uh, country that year too, as like centennial projects. I think it was called right. So. Even the curmudgeons would have had a good time at the hoot and nanny. Mm-hmm. Or so I'm told. 
seeing some uh, reports tonight that the Oilers could be interested in one of these three players. Brandon Sutter from the Canucks, Derek Ryan from the Flames, and Luke Glendening from the Red Wings. Um, the one who appeals to me the most out of those three would be Brandon Sutter. Having said that, he's also the most expensive, therefore the most difficult to require. Uh, yeah, they tried bringing in a couple players from Detroit last year, and it, uh, I mean, look, Double A did what he could, but now he's with the Los Angeles Kings, and unfortunately, uh, Mike Green decided not to take part in the tournament. Are you seeing this video of Pierre Dorian, Kellen? I am not. <laughs> it's online. Uh, it's apparently Pierre Dorian reacting to Justin Hall's OT winner, throwing, I'm not sure what kind of beverage he has, maybe a ginger ale. I doubt he'd be drinking beer during a game. But he, he gave it a pretty good toss after Toronto scored in overtime. It's worth, uh, it's worth, it's worth looking up. It, it, it is funny seeing the reaction sometimes. 780 is how you can get in touch by calling or texting. We were scheduled. Maybe we'll have to reschedule him because it's a pretty good story, and I was looking forward to talking to this guy. Theron Churchill, who grew up in Stettler, played for the Edmonton Wildcats, and now he's uh, joining the Toronto Argos. He got drafted in the first round by the Argos in 2020, recently signed a contract. So good Alberta boy story. Lots of ties to uh, Edmonton and central Alberta. So uh, I think we'll have to try to get him on another night because i was uh i was looking up uh, i was looking forward to talking to him all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three now people are texting me about money they've won sometimes i don't always get the context of the text I'm, I'm, or you may have texted me something earlier and i may not remember it i just get a little mixed up sometimes so the oilers are going to play the leafs on saturday then they will play the Leafs on Monday. As I said, they could have a game Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not entirely sure, but then they're back home next Friday and Saturday. That's their immediate schedule. At the moment, April is not an overly busy month for the Oilers, but maybe some games will be inserted and and or rescheduled along the way to help them make up these three games against the Montreal Canadiens that they have missed. So there you go. Uh, the season's going to extend, as Pierre Lebrun is speculating, until May 11th, the latest a game is currently scheduled is May 10th. But LeBron said once they reschedule Montreal, Edmonton, and Ottawa, that there's going to be a game on May 11th. So the playoffs would start on the 13th uh, instead of the 11th, which isn't a huge delay from what they originally wanted. So just something to keep in mind there. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how exactly how it's going to look for the Oilers. They're, they they want to. They don't want to put too many games into that second week of May. So there are some gaps in the Oilers' schedule. In April, they don't play between April 21st and 25th. Now, easier said than done just to give them games because the other Canadian teams are playing. They go out east again, April 5th, Montreal, April 7th, Ottawa, April 9th, Ottawa. Maybe they give them an extra game there. And again, this is without comparing every other team's schedule immediately, but I have looked in the past and... Uh, most teams are playing every second night. So I, I, there could be a pretty significant revamping of the North Division schedule to get all these games in. Rob says, I won 100, bikes, uh, 100 bucks from Mike Sobel. It would be cool to win 100 bu uh, bikes as well. I won 100 bucks from Mike when I heard the cow. 
Mike did the kissing cow. You hear the cow and you phone in. I did not know about the kissing cow. I, I'm going to have to ask Mike Sobel about that when I'm on television with him on Wednesday. I remember the kissing cow, the kissing cash cow. How long ago was that? Uh, eight, nine years ago. Oh, geez, I was already working here. Shows you about how much I paid attention. <laughs> yeah, it was big. So you heard the cow. See, people think we're dumb for giving out canned hands. <laughs> exactly, right. You would name the animal. <laughs> like, they, they, like, they literally just played an animal noise that you knew what it was, and then you could win money. And I mean, I play an animal noise once a week. Yeah, we do name yeah. the animal all the time. No exactly. one's celebrating us. No, That's right. we're freaks. It's, it really is sad. Well, I'm glad that uh, Rob won something from Mike Sobel. That's that's a badge of honor for Rob, for sure. Who is at Johnny's Lake, he says. Now, is that the name of a lake, or does Johnny own a lake? Is there a Johnny's Lake in Alberta? I don't know every lake in Alberta. I'm going to look it up right now. Just looking up a bunch of stuff on the fly tonight. I should, I should look up how to host a radio show. That would probably help. <laughs> By the way, uh, uh, you were correct earlier, Uh Canada has only played 19 uh, international matches at Commonwealth Stadium. So, See, I knew it wasn't actually that Take many. Take the under. There we go. Yes, I got the under. I said it was probably 20 maximum. Johnny's Lake is by Duffield. Ooh. Uh, what else is around there? Well, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's Well, that's, uh, that's cool. So it's a little southeast of uh, a Wobman. So it's just off Highway 16, so I would drive by that general vicinity going to and from Evansburg back in the day. All right. So, oh, thank you, Dave. West of Stony. Appreciate that. See, you ask a geography question about rural Alberta, someone is going to chime in. We should start giving out canned hams for that. You know what, Dave? You're getting a canned ham. Mark it down. Put it on your calendar. All right. We're going to go. Adler's uh, coming up next. We'll have the latest on the Oilers tomorrow. We uh, might have a very special guest from the NHL office joining us as well to talk about the week that was. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator. My name's Reed. All the best. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.